Hi, everyone. Thanks for taking a few seconds from listening to our dear friends, Jen and Aaron Smith. We love what they're sharing here at the Marriage After God podcast. I'm Angie Tolpin from the Courageous Parenting Podcast, where along with my husband, Isaac, we weekly tackle relevant topics facing parents today from a biblical perspective and digging into the Word of God. Our mission is to empower and equip Christian parents to raise confident Christian kids in these unprecedented times. Enjoy listening to the rest of the Marriage After God podcast, and don't forget to check out the Courageous Parenting Podcast when you're done. We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron. Hey, we're Anna Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to share some encouragements for newlyweds. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over a decade. And so far, we have four young children. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over seven years through blogging and social media. With the desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe that Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us on this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us this week. Um, Aaron and I would love to invite you guys to leave us a review for the Marriage After God podcast. Um, This is just one way that Aaron and I get encouraged, um, but also for other people to find the Marriage After God podcast, because once you leave that review, whether it's a star rating review or a comment review, it helps um, kind of get the word out about Marriage After God. Mm -hmm. It helps. It actually helps the rankings of the episode uh, and the show so that other people can find it that are looking for marriage podcasts or advice podcasts um, for faith and life and marriage. So leaving us a star rating and review just helps that happen. Uh, And we also want to invite you to join our 31-day marriage prayer challenge. It's free, completely free actually. And all you got to do is go to marriageprayerchallenge.com, choose your challenge either for the wife or for the husband, and you'll start getting an email every day for the next 30 days uh, with a prompt and a reminder uh, for something to pray for your spouse. It's actually a really cool thing. We, we set this up to encourage prayer and marriage. Uh, and we just hope you, you get that. It's, it's marriageprayerchallenge.com. It's completely free. Go sign up today. Okay. So even though this episode is titled Encouragements for Newlyweds, I want everyone to hang tight because this is really an encouragement for all married couples. Um, all of us can benefit from being reminded, inspired, and encouraged in these things that we're going to talk about today. So no matter if you're, you've are you been married a few days, which by the way, if you are, congratulations to all you newlyweds out there. We're so excited for you guys. Um, so whether you've been married a couple days or a couple weeks or years, it applies. So, it's perspective. We're, yeah. we're newly married 12 years now. Like <laughs> it's, it really is perspective though. Yeah. Uh, don't we all want to have like the newlywed 
like exuberance mm-hmm. and excitement. Love. Yeah. So this, and also I'm sure all of you know someone who is about to get married or is has just been married. You better share this with share them. Share this episode. <laughs> so we have some scriptures uh, and we just want to talk about just some main points that newlyweds can wrap their hearts and minds around to just help them uh, quickly recognize what their marriage is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the honeymoon phase, um, it, it, it can go away quickly. All those those emotions and the excitement when normal life kicks in. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, what's going on? And a lot of people, we, we had the same problem. I was going to say our struggles, immediate struggles kick in. <laughs> yeah. And, and so we, we have to, um, we can mature quicker if we want to. And that's kind of what this is, is like, hey, let's think rightly quicker. Okay. So if you guys joined us for our last handful of episodes, you know that they were really scripture heavy. This episode is going to be a little bit lighter on the scripture, but we're still going to start with scripture. Watch um, us end up like reading the entire Bible. <laughs> it's going to be light on scripture. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I just wanted to start with Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. And um, this has always been one of those verses that we started out our, our marriage on. And so I thought it would be an encouragement mm-hmm. for other newlyweds to hear this, but it's um, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken." Yeah, and what this is really saying is um, when you get married and you start sharing a bed for the first time, <laughs> you're going to be really hot because your your spouse is usually like a heater and like you're like, they're going to be on top of you and you're like, I just need some space. I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's not at all funny. what this is talking about. <laughs> no, this is, this is an Ecclesiastes, the wisest man that ever lived. <laughs> it's just talking about the reality that two is better than one. Yeah. They have a better return for their labor. Like when you, have you ever worked by yourself and then had someone help you work? It's like, way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but the, the picture that we're seeing here in marriage is yes, together you're better. If you think that way, mm-hmm. if you recognize that truth and then you're even more powerful when you do it the, the way God wants it to, wants you to when Christ is in the center. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, everyone always says that like a Christ centered marriage, but it's a threefold strand. It's, it's you, your spouse in Christ and you are, woven together for one purpose and that cord is not easily broken as Mm -hmm. long as you stay woven together. Mm -hmm. What I love about these verses too is um, that even though it's talking about, you know, he who falls or how can one keep warm alone? Those are very physical things. But um, in the emotional sense, maybe for the wives listening, this is an encouragement, but um, when you have a spouse, it's so comforting and encouraging knowing that you're not alone knowing that you have someone yeah. that God has given you as a gift. I, I, know actually, it, I actually thank God often that I'm not dating anymore and that I did, did never have to, really. I, I, I deeply thank God that I have a spouse that I can call mine and that I can work to love and grow with. So I, yeah, you're right. Like the fact that I just have someone with me mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and then you wanted to share this next scripture. First Corinthians 13, uh, we, it's, I, I hate to say that it's cliche. It's only cliche because people have used it that way. But the power that's in this verse is 
is unmatched when you recognize what it's saying. Mm -hmm. It says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face, now in part, then I shall know fully even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So just going to this list, you can quickly find out when you're not being loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm irritable. You're not loving me. Oh. Uh, I'm arrogant. You're not loving me. Oh. Keeping a record of wrong. You're not loving me. Yeah. Uh, that was really rude. That wasn't loving. <laughs> Like you can, you replace all these things. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. This is a a, a huge thing. I think in the beginning of our marriage, I don't think I know. We allowed each other, uh, specifically in finances, to spend a certain way, knowing that it would allow us to get our own way. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that we were trying to get out of debt and we were trying to be good stewards, essentially we were rejoicing at wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. I was rejoicing. I'm like, hey, if my wife goes and you know, has this freedom to splurge, she won't be able to tell me no. Mm-hmm. And then you would do the same thing. And it was- I let a, you have your thing so that I can yeah, have mine. Yeah. That's rejoicing in wrongdoing. Um, but rather we should rejoice in truth. Love rejoices in the truth. Mm-hmm. And what that means is like, even if I want something, I'm, I'm going to say, I do want this thing, but I'm, it's not right. And you shouldn't either. <laughs> so we're actually going to stand for something. So having this list, just going back to it and not just saying like, oh, love is patient and kind. But like recognizing like, wow, this is truly how we sh- what love should look like in our home. That it's not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude or selfish. Mm-hmm. What about that, that verse, uh, verse eight? It says love never ends. How can you explain that one when, when so many people think that love is a feeling, right? So like, let's say even for newlyweds, I think that feeling of love can fade when they're faced with struggle or mm-hmm. whatever, fill in the blank. Um, or even you've been married for 25 years. How do you explain that? Love never ends. Well, I would say apart from me feeling like I'm in love, mm-hmm. love itself, like that God is love is mm-hmm. what the Bible tells us. God doesn't end. So like whether or not I'm loving or lovable, right? That doesn't change the fact that love works mm-hmm. and love is right. And love is all of these things. Mm-hmm. And then all of, all of these things are still true, even though I'm false. Mm-hmm. So love doesn't change, doesn't end. Love can't be redefined. Like what this says love is, is what love is. Mm-hmm. And, and you so, have to choose it. And you, you have, have to it, choose to walk this out in your marriage. And what's awesome is when you want to, it's there, mm-hmm. right? Especially with the Holy Spirit only in the Holy Spirit, I should say, you you can actually walk in love. Mm-hmm. And so I, for the newlyweds um, and for us, <laughs> remembering what love is so that we can re- recognize easily and quickly when we're not loving. Mm-hmm. And becoming familiar w- with what love is and what it looks like in marriage. Yeah. Because those earlier years, you're 
you're learning, right? You're mm-hmm. trying to understand what that looks like. I want to highlight one more thing. So love never ends. Um, we, as as men and women, as people, as humans, with the Holy Spirit in us, the Bible tells us to think on heavenly things, think on things that are above, not just on things that are on the earth. We actually have a eternal perspective. Mm. So what we're learning to do now, how I'm learning to love my wife, love my children with this definition of love is an eternal thing because it doesn't end. This is how we're going to be in heaven mm-hmm. with other believers mm-hmm. and with God. And even the and idea God is, is like, love and he's eternal. Yeah, he's eternal. That's faith, really and, cool faith and hope are going to fit, pass away because my hope in Christ and my hope in the future and my hope in heaven, mm-hmm. once I'm there is no longer necessary. Mm-hmm. My faith in God and in Christ and in our, our future redemption is no longer necessary. Because you're there. Because we're there. Yeah. Guess what? Love remains. Mm. So we will be there with the perfect love, mm-hmm. God. And so now we practice with that, with eternity in perspective. I love that. So those are some of our um, just, I guess, marriage verses. <laughs> we, yeah. we, we've clung on to those ones throughout our 12 years of marriage. We both really love those verses. Um, but now we're going to get into um, some encouragements for all of you who are married. Um, the first one is just knowing that you and your spouse are one. So there were two of you at yeah. one point. <laughs> and, now there, and now there's one of you. But now there's one of you. And and that's a new thing, mm-hmm. right? It's a new creation. You're, you're a new creation. And the and spiritual analogy is when we become, when we get saved, mm-hmm. we are a new creation, mm-hmm. right? We become one with Christ. We become one with the spirit. We are a new creation. But the picture of marriage is a symbol of that. Mm-hmm. When you get married, two flesh become one flesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God mentions that in Genesis 2, 24, right, right in the beginning. <laughs> mm-hmm. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one. Hey, Marriage After God friends. I wanted to take a short 30-second break from today's topic to thank you. Thank you for your continued faithfulness and listening each and every week. Jennifer and I have often shared with you about how important prayer is in the life of a believer. It's so important, in fact, that we're told this in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will for us to pray, and we want to inspire you to begin praying for your spouse and marriage every day. This world hates marriage, and so does our enemy. Because he knows the power that your marriage is meant to have in this world. He knows that if you and your spouse are praying and chasing boldly after God together, that the impact Christ will have in and through you will be powerful. So we need to be praying more than ever before. Our heart is to encourage you along with everyone who listens to this show to be praying for your spouses and your marriages, to be strengthened, renewed, healed, prepared, and empowered to do the ministry that God has for you to do in this world together. So with that being said, Jennifer and I would love to invite you to join the thousands of other couples in taking our 31-day marriage prayer challenge. This is a completely free and fun way to build a habit of prayer in your marriage. All you have to do to join is visit marriageprayerchallenge.com and fill out the registration form. Once you do that, you will begin to receive an email every day from us during the 31 days to not only remind you to pray for your spouse, but we'll also give you various topics and prompts to help you know what to pray for. We dare your marriage to start praying like never before. Start the challenge today at marriageprayerchallenge.com. Now enjoy the rest of today's episode. Mm -hmm. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. One. Quick little note about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, In-laws 
make sure that you set really great boundaries because <laughs> a man shall leave his father and his mother. <laughs> Take that with what you want. You should set boundaries with... Um, well, it's true. Um, it, in our notes, it says, um, it's not just about you anymore. Yep. Or, and, and if we're talking to your spouse, it's not just about them anymore. And it's not just about your extended families. Yep, you become because a some new people, thing. Because some people prioritize their families over their spouse. Oh yeah. And that's a learning curve. Don't make me age. choose you over my mom. Yeah. That, that Although happens. this this um, scripture that we're referencing is a picture of leaving that to start this new thing. That's where we get the idea of leave and cleave. cleave. Yeah. So you now this doesn't mean you break all relationships off. And in some cases, maybe you should. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that you recognize that together you are a single new thing, mm-hmm. a new family. Mm-hmm. You're not just now an extension of all your other immediate family. Mm-hmm. Although they're still part of you, you you're still to love them and uh, witness to them when necessary, and they're still part of your life. Mm-hmm. You're 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 a new thing, mm-hmm. and we've seen this a lot. We've seen it in our relationship with our unhealthy connections to our our, our immediate families, um, and in other people's relationships. When you have an unhealthy balance of of this, like. Uh, Umbilical, umbilical cord still going to mom and dad, and yet you're trying to be a, a man over here, a husband, a leader for your wife, or vice versa on the wife's side. Mm-hmm. That just needs to be you, be, you need to be aware of that. And you guys need to support each other in that unity. Um, because the truth is, you're starting a family, whether or not you have kids. We've started a family. <laughs> your, your spouse is your family, and what you guys are building is a legacy. Yep. We just want to encourage you to consider what decisions you're making today that are contributing to this legacy that you're building. Right. Um, and one of the the ways we want to encourage you is get to know your spouse. Just because you've married them doesn't mean that you know them. I'm still getting to know you, babe. I know. And I, that's an encouragement to me. And hopefully it is to our listeners that that we can study each other. We can ask each other mm-hmm. questions that will that will build up our friendship and build up that unity of oneness and and everything that we're we're doing in our marriage. And also um, talking about a new family, a new creation and thinking about legacy mm-hmm. uh, as a new couple, remember what God's first, one of his first commandments was to, to man and woman for Genesis one twenty eight, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this hasn't changed. God still desires godly men and women to raise up godly children. Mm-hmm. That they would, we would raise children to know and love him. And so wherever you're at on this journey, I just want you to consider that, that God loves children. He loves them. He, it's what he's doing in the world. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just say multiply. Like this, the idea is not like, just go have children. The idea is that we are, our desire is for children and our desire is to disciple children and to raise it's children a very intentional thing. God. It's super intentional. Super intentional. And I'll say this from having kids with you, Aaron, that um, it has grown our marriage and has revealed things about each other and has revealed opportunities for us to encourage each other towards maturity, mm-hmm. um, towards love for one another, oh, towards yeah. grace for each other. Um, how many times has having children led us to prayer? Uh, or to all the time, our arms to cry, or or to all the other not things. Sleeping, I mean, there, just <laughs> lots of things that children contribute to your your marriage. It's a really good thing. 
I'm, I'm, I digress. Uh, okay. So another thing about becoming a new thing, a new creation, one, uh, there's some things that we need to recognize. And if we have our minds right early on, we can be prepared for the difficulties of life. And so in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 32 through 34, we get some sobering truth about marriage. It says this, I want you to be free from anxieties. Paul's talking to the church in Corinth. He says, the unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. And so he's showing this contrast. A single man has one single thing to think about, pleasing the Lord. If he's a, if he's a healthy Christian, mm-hmm. right? Because they can also be just be thinking about themselves, but he's mm-hmm. talking about Christians. He says, the unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. He says, but the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. When he says worldly things, he's not talking about like worldly sin. No, he's talking this is about like the matters of the home and normal things. You providing gotta, for you, you got to make a paycheck. Yeah. You got to feed the family. You got to go to work. You got like these things are, he says the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. Mm-hmm. And his interests are divided. Mm-hmm. So the reality for a married man, this isn't, and he's not, saying this in a negative thing, he says, I want you to be free from anxieties. Remember, he's, and he, all of these are anxiousnesses. That, is that a word, anxiousness? Um, that the, ma- the single man or the married man have, anxious about the Lord or anxious about worldly things and pleasing his wife. He says, I want you to be free from these anxieties. And he says, and the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. So first of all, there's, there's two things he's showing. The, the, the natural, correct posture of a, a man and a woman who are married is to be concerned about pleasing their spouse mm. and pleasing the Lord. Okay. A single man or woman should be anxious about pleasing the Lord. <laughs> there should be no one else in their life like a relationship with a husband or a wife, mm-hmm. they're single, they're, they're pleasing the Lord. Now they're going to love the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ because that's one of the ways that we please the Lord. But this is showing the reality of a married man. You don't get to just say, I'm going to just go do this ministry and I'm going to go please the Lord. And I'm not, I'm my wife over here. I'm just going to leave her behind and she's just got to deal with it. That's actually false. We talk about this in our book, Marriage After God. Um, so the reality is, is we get to, we get to walk in the dichotomy of pleasing God and being a man that has to provide for my home, take care of my wife, take care of my kids, make sure the bills are paid, make sure there's food on the table, make sure that everyone's safe, make sure like I have to make think sure about, there's love in the home. Make sure there's love in the home, make sure my kids are being discipled, make sure like there's education. I have to think about all these things. Mm-hmm. Insurance, gas, like all of the things. Being a grown-up. Be, being a man. <laughs> yeah. And the wife gets the same thing. She mm-hmm. doesn't get to just I'm just going to go do this ministry over here and and I'm going to be in my prayer closet all day so take care of the kids on. No, there's she has to, to, her interests are divided. And then he later on says, I, I'm, I say these things so that your, interest, your interests will not be divided. And the, the point he's making is, if I'm a husband walking in understanding with my wife, it, uh, raise, discipling my children, washing her by the water with the word, uh, taking care of my home, making sure that I'm, bring, I'm, I'm paying the bills and providing security and safety as much as in my ability, that is pleasing God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're the same thing. That's the role the husband gets. That's my first ministry is to my wife. My wife's first ministry is to her husband. Our second ministry is to our children. Our third ministry is to 
everything else God brings our way, our neighbors, our church. And that's not an if, because he does. He will. I, I didn't say if. No, no I'm, I'm just clarifying for anyone who may have had that question. Like, not me. No. <laughs> <laughs> not my no, neighbors. I'm just saying, <laughs> it, even though, uh, you know, your spouse is your first ministry and, your, and children, all those other things will come. Yes. And when they do, your whole family gets to be a light. Yeah. So the the reason I brought up that scripture is because I want you to have a sober perspective that your relationship to your wife is a ministry that pleases God when you do it in the spirit. It's not something separate. It's not like your marriage and family over here and God and ministry over here. Nope. They're one and the same. Mm-hmm. So why don't you read and talk about the next one? So the next one is just having understanding and patience with each other. This is an encouragement because I think so very quickly um, in marriage, in a marriage relationship, you can be consumed with what you need to take care of right here and right now. Um, Or maybe you just can get, um, maybe you just are lacking that, that understanding of what that other person is going through and you're not seeing or, or, um, or being able to grasp what that person is going through. And so this is an encouragement to keep the eyes of your heart open toward each other and for each yeah. other. Str- strive for understanding. Yeah. Uh, the, the scripture that specifically speaks to this is 1 Peter 3, 7. Uh, it says this. It says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So there's a direct command to the husband to live with their wife in an understanding way, which is something that I've struggled with the most, I think, out of anything in our marriage career, (laughs) is understanding you. Um, And I should seek to understand. Mm -hmm. A part of understanding especially when it comes to our wives um, or our husbands, you know, vice versa, is recognizing that we often also just don't know things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like that. that's a part of understanding is like, if I don't understand, it's because I think I do know. Well, I think it's so easy in the flesh to think that you actually do know. And that's my problem. I think I know, which is me not understanding because I, when I think I don't, I, when I think I know and you're acting contrary to what I thought, it's, tr- it's, it's frustrating. True. It's frustrating and angry. I'm like, why are you being like this? Or what, what's going on? Yeah. And I'm not even seeking to understand. I just assumed I already know. Mm. So in 1 Corinthians 3.18, it says, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is, a, is wise in this age, let him become a fool <laughs> that he may become wise. Mm. And so humbleness. Yeah. The first ingredient to understanding is humbleness. It's having, it's listening. It's being quick to listen and slow to speak. Yep which I'm also very terrible at. We're getting better at I that, but getting, both of I us am. are getting better at that. <laughs> yeah. So seek to understand. And in the beginning, that's going to take recognizing you don't know. Yeah. Especially early, like we did, we thought we knew so much mm-hmm. and we knew nothing, like nothing, nothing about each other. Like yeah. everything that was coming out of us was like, I've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. And so many wasted arguments trying to convince the other person how things should be. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. When our way wasn't right either. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of learning a new way together yeah. or just both of us changing, like humbleness and, and listening would have changed everything. What would you say right now in the way that we operate 
helps you most understand where I'm at, whether I'm going through something emotionally or physically. Asking you questions. Hmm. That's good. Like, well, why do you think that? Where do you think this feeling is coming from? Do you think that uh, the way you're thinking is right? Have you prayed about that? Like, I question. I ask you questions to see where you're at, how you've dealt with it, how mm-hmm. you, what you're thinking. That's good. Um, I don't always have the right questions, but I, I ask questions. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. Okay, so the next one, I don't know. You put that. You put this in our notes, but I don't know if it's how it's an encouragement. Um, so we're gonna have to talk this out. So this next one I, I put in here and I just, I just threw it in because it, it is a real, it is a reality. And I think if the sooner we can just be like, Oh, okay, this is truth. This is can- like one of those sober encouragements. So we're just yeah. going to tell it to you straight and we're hoping it encourages yeah. you because it's going to keep you from, um, thinking wrong, thinking wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> if we have wrong expectations, it's going to be like more difficult to, correct that mm. everything's gonna like go against yep. us but if we expect like oh this is going to be hard okay marriage is hard it's, it's not hard. always hard <laughs> it's not like this drudgery it's just that when you have two people living in the same space and we're and natural people who struggle in sin, sin and <laughs> selfishness and we're learning how like you said how to be one and you were raised one way and i was raised another i mean and, that's a big deal and um and not for like five years or seven everything years i think is right and everything you think is wrong and I, it's, <laughs> it's those things listen i was 21 <laughs> when i got married you were 22 yeah, we were young some people get married even later than that and so you're talking about decades long of living one way and then all of a sudden making something new yeah that takes time it's hard it's it, metamorphosis is not easy. And mm-hmm. that's what this is becoming one, ch- ch- becoming a new creation, changing mm-hmm. ways of thinking. And it does become drudgery when both people are Have their fighting feet in the mud and they refuse to, to walk in understanding. And they fight to ha- keep their norm yeah. and force the other person to fit into that norm. Mm-hmm. It's painful. Yeah. But if you both, say, hey, this is going to be hard and I'm going to, I don't know how, but I'm going to just, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to change. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's, here's the reality too of why marriage can be hard. Um, our spouse won't always meet our expectations. And sometimes we have some really high expectations. I know I did when I first got married. Aaron? I, I thought I was perfect when we got married. And I literally thought we won't fight about anything. And did you have expectations of me that were not met? All, I'm so sorry. None. <laughs> okay. None. Um, so, All my expectations were perfectly met. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, the, that's not the truth is we won't always meet our spouse's expectations. Um, we will sin. We will hurt each other. We will fail. Um, not because we want to, but because we have this flesh that we're, we're still learning how to still learning how to kill, <laughs> kill and, and, and yield to um, God spirit, and walking yeah. in the spirit. Um, we won't always agree with each other. And so part of marriage is learning through conversation. Well, how to communicate well. And that, that takes, that's a learning curve as well. Um, what's awesome though, is we have the word of God that we both get to go back to. And if we allow that to happen, if that becomes a norm in the home mm-hmm. of like dealing with agreements and disagreements and, and, yeah. and understanding the, the right way to think. And yeah. instead of like, no, it's my way or the highway. It's like, Hey, let's, 
I could be wrong. Let's go to the word of God. Like, yeah. what does the Bible say? How am I supposed to be right now? I'm wrong. Sorry. And and here's the thing. When you're arguing, you can argue with each other till you're blue in the face, but you can't argue. If you both are believers and you believe the word of God, you can't argue with the word of God. You can't get well, it. shouldn't. I, I well, yeah. Mean, okay. <laughs> we, we try to sometimes, I think. Well, I, when I realized that about our relationship, it changed my, my perspective and it did... Um, it did show me how to mm-hmm. respond with more humility in things that we disagreed on because I knew we would at least find common ground in the word of God and we would use that to lead us. Yeah. Um, but anyways, as marriage is hard and as all these things are happening within within the very intimate relationship of marriage, how should a husband and wife respond to each other? Well, uh, what's awesome about the word of God is it, tells us as individuals how to be and also how to be in any relationship. And our, our actions are not contingent on our spouse's actions. So like our, our obedience to the word of God is not contingent on our spouse's actions. Mm -hmm. So I get to walk in obedience to how the word's called me to be a husband. And And if we're both walking that out, according to scripture, there'll be infinitely more peace and just strength and growth and, repentance and forgiveness and yeah so we don't wait for the other person to change before we change we do what the bible tells us regardless which i feel like this is this was a big deal for the beginning of our marriage because i um responded and reacted out of so much of my emotions and what i was feeling in the midst of whatever we were going through and instead of what you said i actually believed that my responsibility was contingent on you and so if you responded a certain right. way or if you acted out or if you did something, I thought I was in the right to respond a certain way because of that instead of, no, my responsibility is how how does God's word tell me to respond? Do you think you still struggle with that sometimes? Of course. But I'm, I, th- I would say that I'm more mature and you better at it. it. I recognize it quicker. Um, and I practice, I practice walking in the spirit right. more regularly now than I did when we first got married. And I, I feel like we both do this. The mm-hmm. only reason I ask that question is because I, I recognize when I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing we've practiced is encouraging each other, like, hey, I know the way I was was wrong, but you did not have to, you you didn't have to respond the way you did either. Yeah. And not to get back, but to remind us like, hey, right. we, we can control how we're being and it's not contingent on if I approached you wrong. Yeah. Which is amazing because if one of us does it right, it extinguishes the moment real quick. Mm -hmm. Another thing that extinguishes if you're going to be like in an argument or anything is just going to prayer, especially if you two cannot agree on anything and things are escalating. The moment you, and it's hard to do in the flesh because we just fight fight it. (laughs) But when you go to prayer and you're before God, everything seems to just dissipate. Everything seems so small when you're in the throne room. So small. And then you start, even though in your flesh you want to be praying that God changes the person sitting next to you, you can't help but to pray for yourself and start to apologize for all the things that's going mm-hmm. on because you just, it's like immediate humility. So to move on from the heaviness of marriage is hard, <laughs> because of the truth of the reality of the difficulties and the hardness and the, uh, of that, of the realities of marriage. And I just want to say when things are hard, don't give up, persevere. Yeah. And and endure it and and it's um, normal. No, it, like it's understand. Okay. It's yeah. it's normal. Yeah. Uh, so we just want to have the. We want to give you an encouragement. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like play, 
and joke and and have joy with your spouse. So like, important. In in any moment you can you can like joke around in bed, you know, when you're in the car and like, you know, talk about the things that just make you guys so happy and mm-hmm. and the things that you connect with on such a deep level and and have fun. Yeah. God created us with the ability to laugh and to smile and to experience joy. And I think sometimes as an adult, you get bombarded with all these responsibilities and things you got to do. And then you get married and you have this other person that you've that you've committed your life to. And it can seem like work, 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 or your laundry list of things that you need to do, but you can't forego the truth that God created us to enjoy life, to enjoy one another, to see who each other are Mm -hmm. in the midst of those really intimate, beautiful, happy moments. Yeah, Proverbs seventeen twenty two says, "A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones." Oh man, and that verse in light of marriage is actually really powerful. Yeah, so seek those joyful moments. Yeah, fight for it. It's that the Bible says the joyful orders are strength. Like let's be joyful. Let's have fun with each other, and not just like hold on to things mm-hmm. or get in this mode of like do do do. Right. It's all business. It's not all business. Sometimes it's just sitting on the couch next to each other. Right. Sharing a bowl of ice cream. Well, I would never share my bowl of ice cream, but um, I got to share. Would, I wouldn't like it anyways because I don't <laughs> like the ice cream you <laughs> Okay. So I got to say this. Um, in the beginning of our marriage, uh, Aaron and I, it struggled a lot with sexual intimacy. If you've read The Unveiled Wife or even Marriage After God, we share, we, we tell you guys all about it. But um it, it was really painful physically and emotionally for us. And I could see how our, our marriage relationship began to erode. And we started mm-hmm. to pull away from each other, mm-hmm. even to the point of feeling like we were roommates. Oh, yeah. But looking back at those first three years, I would say more than anything, we were able to endure of course, because we we submitted to the Lord and we we truly did want to serve mm-hmm. Him together. But but even in the midst of those really painful moments, we found ways to still be friends and do things that would stimulate joyful right. moments, happy yeah, moments. I totally agree. Um, like going on a road trip or going out to dinner with family. Or, I mean, those are just or this, laughing with friends. Those are just some of the things that stood yeah. out to me that when I look back at those times, even though it's hard to look back at those times, I'm so grateful that we were still willing to embrace playful moments with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lastly, and most importantly, your marriage, whether you're newly married or not, whether you've been married 12 years like us, 25 years or one day. Your marriage is a ministry. It's a symbol of the gospel to the world. The husband represents Christ. The wife represents the church. The relationship between Christ and the church and the relationship between husband and wife are to reflect each other. That's what we're, that's what we're doing. We talked about this earlier on about you know, the, the, the interests that are divided, they're not actually divided. When I'm learning 
and practicing loving my wife as Christ loves the church, giving himself up for her, washing her by the water with the word, which it tells us in Ephesians 5.25, I'm preaching the gospel through my marriage. That's one way we've been given to preach the gospel. Our marriage is a symbol of the gospel, right? Your marriage is a symbol of the gospel. Yeah. And so we just, you know, there's a phrase we use in the book. It's your marriage is meant for more than just happily ever after. Happily ever after is great, but it's not the whole picture. It's actually a very small, small, small piece of the picture. The, what God's got for us is so much grander than just a happy future. It's a powerful future. It's mm-hmm. one where our our present, our current present and our future is proclaiming his glory mm-hmm. through the way we interact with each other, through the way we raise our children, through the way we run our home, through the way we interact with our neighbors as a couple and have people over to our homes and around our dinner tables and in our backyards. It's so important to recognize that. It changes everything when you think this way. It's why we wrote our book. It's why we we want to encourage couples to recognize that they can't just give up because they're giving up on the symbol that they represent. Mm-hmm. They can't just act how they want to act towards their spouse because of what they represent, even beyond just their marriage. Like we, if we desire to grow in the image that God's created us to bear, the way we look at everything in our, our marriage will change. And so I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, Jennifer, but my encouragement would just be when you see your marriage as a ministry, everything, everything matters when it comes to how you treat one another. Mm -hmm. You have a privilege and a responsibility to support each other, to be praying for each other, to be um, ambassadors Mm -hmm. of the ministry of reconciliation. And we get to practice that. And we get to practice that with each other. All those one another verses throughout the Bible do it for each other. What a beautiful relationship that we have as a husband and wife. This world, the culture that we live in, everything's so isolated. Just when when you kind of break it down and look at, you know, everyone's on social media, but how many friends do you actually Yeah, we're more connected than ever and we're more lonely than ever. <laughs> right. But it doesn't have to be that way in our marriage. No. Nope. And it shouldn't be that way in our marriage. And so Knowing that is comforting. Kind of going back to that first verse that we shared today, two are better than one. Two are stronger. And three. Together and three is powerful. Yeah. When our marriage is founded on Christ, it's powerful. And so we want to encourage you to look to the example of Christ and serve each other in your marriage for the rest of your lives because that will produce such an impactful light in this world that, the darkness wouldn't know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. I mean. No, the, the, our enemy is afraid of yeah. what, what happens when Christians say yes to God. And uh, when we do, we become, our marriages become a mighty tool in the hand of a mighty God. Yeah. And so, guys, that is our encouragement to newlyweds. To all of you. And I'm sure all the married, <laughs> older married couples are like, yeah, that's old news. No, I'm just kidding. That, that, this is so encouraging to us as we, we listen to this. I'm like shaking my head yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good reminders. Good. Um, so share this episode with someone who just got married. Share it with someone who's been married for 
50 years. Like just let people know about this podcast and uh, pray that the Holy Spirit works through it in their lives. Um, and so we, we love you. We thank you for joining us and we're going to close in prayer. Father God, we just want to thank you so much for all of those who have recently been gotten married. We thank you that they have started a journey to look more and more like the symbol that you've called them to, to represent in this world, Father God. We pray that they recognize that they represent the gospel in their individual life and as a couple. We pray that their desire for children would grow. We pray that their desire to raise godly children would grow. Lord, we just thank you that you've given us this gift called marriage to sanctify us, to change us, to grow us, to mold us to look more like your son, Jesus. I pray that as believers, we would do that exactly. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, again, if you haven't left a review yet, please do that right now. And uh, if you haven't taken the chat, the prayer challenge, go to marriageprayerchallenge.com and start that today. We love you all and we'll see you next week. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron.